I'm a zombie! I've been bitten! You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? You can't tell, but my lips are moving, and I'm overdubbing my own voice. Yes. Yes. As you started to talk, I was like, what is this in reference to? And then I remembered we watched <laughs> uh, we watched a movie this week. I, I promise you I watched it. And uh, we're going to talk about it later on. Uh, Living Dead at Manchester Morgue, a.k.a. Let Sleeping Corpses Lie, which, um, yeah, I did message Lou. I'm like, I I thought maybe it was my uh, because I was watching it on the TV. And sometimes with older content, uh, the way I have the TV set up with the soundbar and the Apple TV and all that stuff, I think like sometimes I'm going a little I get a little paranoid that like there's a audio sync issue so i messaged lou and i'm like this movie um seems like it's it's either dubbed and i tried to look it up it's and it was uh i guess it was dubbed you know fast forward to the end when we found out it was dubbed but uh not for reasons of you know being filmed in one language and then translated to another it was just that they just overdubbed everything yeah Yeah, it's a it's a spanish italian zombie horror movie and I know that in the 60s and 70s, um, it was common practice, even if the f- film was done in it, its correct language, there was something about that era and that part of Europe. They got so comfortable with the dubs of voice actors and stuff that they stopped. They made people overdub their own voice in their own scene because that was what those audiences were comfortable with. Okay, interesting. I believe it's I believe it stopped like in the nineties, but yeah. I believe it went I I think it, I've seen enough eighties movies where they still do it too, where I think it went through the whole the whole eighties period and eventually I think they were forced to stop when the nineties came. Huh. Interesting. Well, we'll uh talk a little bit more about that film later on in the show. Uh but a taste of that fun stuff but uh, before that let us get into uh, the news the virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and is spreading rapidly okay so our first story here we have actually a a couple of uh, cool projects to highlight at the top of our news today the first being a new zombie audio anthology series that is available right now. Um, It's called The Lost Days. It's available at thelostdayspod.com and is a uh, user-contributed sort of anthology series that um, tells tells stories from the zombie apocalypse uh, during the zombie outbreak, afterwards uh there there was a trailer i listened to the trailer episode one is out now uh they're currently working on episode two and uh it's really neat so 
Yeah, it's a um, a Lost Days podcast is a listener contributed audio adventure about the zombie apocalypse and the people who lived in it, told through found audio, video, and handwritten journals. Uh, the CPR tries to place together the facts and events from a time in history they refer to as the Lost Days of Humanity. So that is the sort of uh, the idea around it. And uh, we actually got an email. I, I found out about it because we got an email to our inbox from uh, Ian and Johnny, who are the folks working on this project. And Lou, I didn't tell you about this ahead of time. Ian and Johnny don't know about this. So I know you're getting nervous now. Don't worry. It's not a big deal. Um, I, I didn't tell anybody about this, but I had a fun idea. So it's a it's a listener contributed project. Uh, and you know, we're recording right now it, they have a podcast. This is a podcast. I thought it would be fun to record a couple of lines that they can just snip out, use where they need to. And, um, and then, you know, if it goes places, you'll hear us in episode two. If it doesn't, it's fine. It'll live forever in this podcast. So, so Lou, um, I'm trying to think of how we could do this. Cause again, didn't prepare this whatsoever, but this is going to be fun. Uh, uh I love it when you do this to me. It's, yeah, it's great. It's great, isn't it? So what we're going to do, Lou, is we're going to pretend. So this is the scenario. This is just off the top of my head. The scenario is you are a survivor. You've come to a community. Uh, there is a shopkeep. I will be playing the shopkeep. You will be playing the survivor. And you are trying to purchase uh, a weapon of some kind. I have. I have. Uh, I am a shopkeep that that sells weapons. And you're. you have to go back out into the apocalypse. And you're like, okay. I need to choose a weapon, um, you know, a weapon of choice, if you will. Um, so we're going to role play that a little bit and uh, see where it takes us. And then maybe, maybe they'll pick us up for one of their episodes. But uh, I figured I figured we'll have some fun with it. So, Lou, when you're ready, pretend you're walking into a community. Um, they'll add all the, you know, the the background noise and the, the folio work and stuff. You don't have to pretend to, like, walk or anything. You can just do your voice. And and you've okay. approached the shopkeep, and how do you go? Action. You're up. Excuse me. Excuse me. Hi there. What are you buying? <clears throat> Sorry. Sorry, friend. What are you buying? Well, uh, my, I hate to say this, but my bat is broken, uh-huh. and I need a replacement. What do you have for a selection of something heavy mm-hmm. and not too hard? I need something that's light, but heavy if that makes sense it makes perfect sense and uh you know as you know we're a couple years into the apocalypse um i've got you know most of my good weapons like the the ones that go quick the there's not a lot of ammunition left so you know uh I, guns yeah i'm, I'm, I'm fresh aware out. of the situation sir no i know you I'm are aware of the situation yeah, I'm just, I'm just, you know, giving you some flavor text just in case. But you know, you're right, you're right, sir. Let me cut to the chase here. I am running woefully low on on weapons. I know I said, "What are you buying?" But really, I just, I don't have much to offer. That being said, I've kept a little something um, that I was hoping to save for myself. But you seem like a, a fine fellow, so I'm going to offer this to you. It's a exclusive to this shop weapon. Nobody else has this. State of the art. As I said, we're a couple of years into the apocalypse, um, and a lot of the stuff we would have used during our day-to-day lives is, has pretty much become junk. So what I like to do is I like to take everyday items that no longer work and, and turn them into weapons. I'm a bit of a tinkerer. So what I've done here is I've, I've taken two um, fire extinguishers, and they don't work anymore. They're long gone. I know, like, hey, wouldn't it be great to put out a fire you know, without much fuss or use them to have races on wheelie chairs we don't have any of that anymore but um 
I tied the little nozzles together and you can kind of use them as nunchucks. They're heavy yet light. They swing quite well. You hit a zombie I, with this I, thing, I, it's going down. I'm going to stop you right there. Mm-hmm. I see a lead pipe behind you. Just give me that. No, that's that's actually part of the plumbing. Um, but you know what? You seem like a fine fellow. I will give you this lead pipe that still works for indoor plumbing. However, like I said, I am uh, running low on weapons and considering, uh, you know, I'm glad you don't want the fire extinguisher nunchucks. I'll hold on to those How for about myself. This? Do you have the wrench that you'd use on the pipe? No, I gave that one away to the last person who was just here before you. All I have is this lead pipe. You know, I could just pry it, pry it out with, you know, uh, my fire extinguisher. And maybe I'll, you know what? I'll use these fire extinguisher nunchucks. You'll be so amazed by how they work when I take this lead pipe out. How's that sound? Yeah, fine with it. Okay. And scene. So that's like, I, I think that works quite well. Um, you know. I knew you were going to go with the fire extinguisher <laughs> nunchucks. I, as soon as you presented the scenario, I was like, oh, I know exactly where he's going. Well, you know, 10 years of this show and no one's appreciated the fire extinguisher nunchucks. And that's a callback. And for they, never will. they never and will. They never will. They never will. They never will. Okay. Before we move on, and again, like I realize, like that little, uh, you know, skit improv probably isn't what they're looking for. Uh, but I thought it would also be fun to uh, maybe we can give our best uh, uh, dying voice or something. I don't know. Like, uh, um, we could do something like, like, no, I don't something like that. Uh, so yeah, check out the lostdayspod.com for, for more stuff and uh, tune in to their episodes as they drop when they're ready. Uh, episode one available right now. And our next project here is uh, it's a Kickstarter and it's for Outbreaks number one, an ongoing zombie anthology comic. Now this is currently um, taking pledges. It's got two, as of this recording, two weeks to go. Um, to be to be funded for a chance to be funded now that being said i think it's around gosh would you say like 90 some percent it's about means about 700 bucks canadian left around there yeah it's about it's about 500 bucks american so yeah so they are they are very dangerously close to to funding here um but we'll have a link in the show notes like i said the the kickstarter ends at the end of march and it is a it is for issue number one of Outbreaks and is a anthology story. So the first the first issue will include two stories. Um, and I think I think the way it works is one of the stories will be an ongoing one. And uh, the second story in the comic is sort of a is a is a one shot. Uh, remember, it's an anthology yep. series. Yep. So that's the plan. Yeah, so it looks really cool. Definitely check it out. Uh, and again, like I'm trying to find, uh, so they say here, it's a comic by Marvel and DC Comics writer and artist Will Robson. He's done some work on, you know, he's done some work on on Spawn, um, uh, Spider-Man. Uh, I'm trying to find his works here. He's, uh, he's got some Joker work, some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So like a lot of uh, a lot of really neat stuff. So definitely check that one out. Yeah, and it looks like it's not going to be completely serious. It's referring to itself as a as a dark comedy. So I expect some humor. Uh, I, this looks really good. Yeah, 
yeah, it looks really good. So um, it's on Kickstarter now. It 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 is likely to to fund, but they've got some really neat perks and other things that you can check out by heading over to their Kickstarter page. Uh, Lou, let's move into Resident Evil here, as Resident Evil 4 is going to be out in uh, just over a week on March 24th, and um, as part of a couple of showcases since we last recorded, there was a state of play from PlayStation and a Capcom uh, showcase that had some more details for Resident Evil 4, but the big part of that reveal was that a demo would be arriving. It's out now. It's available on um, Steam and PlayStation. Don't know if it's on Xbox, but I know it's on Steam and PlayStation. And yeah, we both played it. We had a chance to to try it out. I've pre-ordered it on PC, so I I mainly spent a lot of time on the PC demo just to make sure it would run. And um, Lou, you did as well, right? Yeah. Um, I I did not play it on my deck. I played it on my laptop because I figured uh, I, I would test it on that first. And if it runs on this, it should run on my deck kind of my thought process um and it ran really well um i had a few hiccups but i know from checking out on the forums on steam it's not uncommon the the demo is not optimized so there were people playing with like really new hardware and complaining that it was like stuttering on them so the demo is not optimized the way the game will be when it launches in a few weeks it is really in it's in really rough shape um i have i i loved the demo i have two gripes or two major two two things about it that annoyed me it does not show the opening where leon is arriving and so he's wandering around looking for somebody and i had to try and remember that oh yeah there were two cops with him when he arrived here and that's who he's looking for I forgot all about that plot point in the beginning of the game because it has been a while since I played it. And um, my other gripe was uh, it just it feels great. Everything looks great. But there were some weird hiccups playing it where it, it wasn't my laptop. It was the game stuttered. And I was like, "Ooh, ooh, that's that, this is definitely in rough shape. So. I wish they had fixed those things before they re- released the demo, but otherwise the demo rocked. Um, yeah. I don't know. Did you do any stealth kills? Um, I think so. Maybe. Uh, I'm trying to okay. recall. So, so right off the bat, you, you, you have the knife, the knife works way smoother than it did in the original game. Um, but when you first get to the village, there's a couple of different people that are just wandering around and you can sneak up to them and they, you can one shot them with the knife. Hmm. Really? Yeah, I did um, notice like, so when the knife, as you said, has been completely re- retooled as a, as, and I think you have to, so I, I think the knife has like a, a durability meter on it. Like if you use it too yep. much, it'll break. Yeah, it does. Which, okay. I found out the hard way and then got into a fight with a chainsaw man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure Leon still has his like cutscene knife that he pulls out. It's not gonna hamper you that much. But I did notice that when you um you disrupt an enemy and then do a melee hit, sometimes on the ground they'll start to like turn into having the weird um, zombie head thing. 
and you can kind of stab them to to stop them from turning before so they don't get back up. You can one shot them if you've knocked them to the ground. Yeah, it it worked really well. Yeah, so they've really put a lot of effort into modernizing that aspect of it. So two things that I noticed that I really liked. Um the 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 house in the beginning is much bigger where you first meet the guy in the original I'm I'm probably remembering it wrong. It really has been a while since I've played through it. Um the house that you get to looking for the cop and you bump into the guy that attacks you it's literally like two rooms. It's like two rooms and then you're outside. And this was like there was a basement, there was stair there was a stairwell I had to go to. I had to run up a flight of stairs and go up into the attic. Like it definitely felt like a much bigger home than what I dealt with in the original game, which was nice. It 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 it, it added to the cre- the atmosphere. It definitely changed the pacing of the opening for me. Um and the other thing I really enjoyed was getting from there to the village was way shorter than the original game. Um, in the original game, I remember it being like like a 10-minute trek through the woods to get where you're going. And this felt like two seconds and I was there. And I was like, oh, I killed two guys and I snuck around a thing and then I'm here. This worked really well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought the pacing of the demo, whether that's going to carry forward. I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that that carries forward because that opening felt very in the original game felt really long. Like it felt like I it took took like takes like 45 minutes before you get to that village scene with the chainsaw guy. And this felt like I was snapping my fingers and boom, I was there because I was expecting that long trek. And it felt like I was like, oh, wait, I know where exactly where I am. Oh wow, they moved this really quick. Yeah. They've yeah. added the ability to duck, which I thought was incredibly useful. And while moving when you're in, in in a ducking position, it feels like you can stealth. Like I said, I stealth killed a couple of people. Um throwing grenades still feels a little weird, but it wasn't bad. It felt just felt weird. Um it's using very similar gun mechanics to what we you you we used in re2 and 3 um it feels a little more polished it feels like you can move a little bit faster um i felt like in resident evil 2 and 3 you could move while shooting and it but it was there was a lot more bounce and it feels more like you can move and shoot at the same time in this yeah well it and this is the thing it, it resident evil 4 is known as being one of the you know the more action oriented resident evil games um after a lot of the tank controls we had in one two and three and we always wondered like okay how would they how would they remake this one and they've completely taken the 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 concept of resident evil 4 and you know they've remade it in this new remake style they've been doing with two and three and i think the jump from the original two and three to the remake of two and three is just so crazy good um that I was really looking forward to what they would do with Resident Evil 4, because as you said, Lou, or I, and I talked to another couple of friends about RE4 has, has, it's aged well enough, but like, it's still a 20 year old game. So a remake, you know, in the new action style of of the RE2 and 3 remake, it, it was going to go a long way. And I think they've really 
nailed the feel of re4 kept that they've definitely made it less goofy which i appreciate um the last time i played it was probably the last time i even booted it up and messed with it at all was a couple years ago and i know when i did it the last time leon was talking to somebody and making like snarky comments and i was like oh i'm really more familiar used to him now in two and three and 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 some of the later games and stuff this feels really goofy yeah and and it wasn't bad it just it just it felt very of its era and this feels like they're definitely trying to um polish it better so i'm very happy with the demo so far um i did not finish the demo um i they i i don't know if it's i'm just rusty uh the village portion where you fight the chainsaw guy it is pretty much laid out almost exactly the same way it is in the original game um and uh i just i i did okay um i've almost beat it like i've literally gotten it down to the point where like i'm almost about to take out the chainsaw guy and then my knife broke and then i and i that was the that was the stickler for me I was like, oh, and the knife is broken and I'm dead. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, here's um, the, the demo is very short. I, I did end up finishing it and where you got to with, you know, the appearance of, of the Chainsaw Man. And this is the demo is the end. Yeah, it is the end. It, and the demo is nicknamed um, the Chainsaw Demo. And I got all the way through, but really not by engaging with the chainsaw guy I just kind of was like running around because that moment kind of like ends on a timer you either kill everybody in the village which I don't think is possible or you survive long enough that the bells toll and then they walk off in a, in a trance so the, the other thing that surprised me was when you start with Leon you do have just the one clip in the gun and I don't know about you but that first guy you run into I emptied almost the whole clip in him before he died. So I had like two rounds in it. And so when I started wandering around into the woods to make my way to the town, I had like no bullets. I'm like literally looking in every corner being like, give me some bullets. I need some bullets. At least give me one clip so I can shoot somebody in the leg and run away. Yeah. And they did a pretty good job. I didn't feel like I found a ton of bullets, but I definitely felt like I found more than zero you know what i mean like i never felt i always seem to have about one clip left in the gun and then i would kill enough guys and somebody would drop another ammo and i'd be like oh good i got one more clip like it, it felt pretty balanced yeah yeah no it was good and i mean they've obviously upgraded all the visuals um they've replaced uh the so in the original whenever you would check in with your handler at the White House or the CIA or whatever. Uh, anyways, when you check in with your handler, it would have like sort of the MGS style, the Metal Gear Solid like portrait that, discussion. That is, that is gone. Yeah, they've replaced that with full animated cutscenes um, that you see from both perspectives, from your handler's perspective and Leon's perspective, uh, at least in the demo. And I'm sure that takes place throughout. But uh, yeah, the the game, I played it on PC. I did test it on the Steam Deck. There was... Um, I think as the demo, and this kind of shows how how fast Valve is with with large games. When companies are willing to work with Valve, uh, essentially, what happened was Steam put out a um, a preview channel update for the Steam Deck, which you can opt into 
to basically give you an experimental proton fix. I know this is all going to sound, you know, uh, Latin, but essentially it would allow you to run without it crashing uh, because essentially when you run something on the Steam Deck, it is emulating the game on Linux. So that'll, that'll being said, right now you don't have to worry about any of that. It's all on the stable channel. You just update your Steam Deck and you can run the demo. And it runs at a decent like 30 frames uh, per second. And I think the blurriness, there's some blurriness as to like with the um, the AMD specific tech that they use to, uh, it's kind of like NVIDIA's DLSS. It's basically like AI that allows you to run at a lower resolution, but like... This is this is tech talk. With it, it's tech talk. <laughs> I don't understand a lot of what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that there's a lot of settings in there. It is, um, if you want to tinker with RE4, it's got a lot of visual settings. This is definitely something I think I'm probably going to grab right away. I wasn't yeah. sure because I, I de- the demo running it on my laptop was the de- was the deciding factor on whether or not I was going to buy it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean, it runs well. I played Village on this and my deck, so I was in it. This is supposed to be the same engine, so. I expected it would probably run, but you never know. I've done stuff like that before where something is supposed to be on the same engine and then it doesn't run on my, on one, something on one of my pieces of hardware somewhere. And I go, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's why I was excited when the, when the demo got posted, I was like, okay, Lou, you got to check this out so that we can, so we are going to, we're, we've both, we're both going to play it. Um, we're going to talk about it, not next episode. I know the timing would work out. We might have first impressions next episode because it'll be about a weekend, yeah. but we're going to do a deep dive on it um, in April. So we'll have a lot of time to play it. So will our listeners. And we'll chat about that uh, then. And before we move away from Resident Evil 4, there's one other story. Uh, up until today, the deluxe edition of Resident Evil 4 had some mystery items still included in in the deluxe edition, and that was basically the uh, alternate looks for Ashley. And those have been confirmed uh, for the, I think, casual and drama uh, looks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, you've basically got Ashley in, in sort of like a, like a, a similar outfit to Leon with his drama outfit, then the casual is more like a um i don't know how would you describe that that's it's a, it's a casual outfit you know yeah it's simple yeah so i don't know i i personally did not pick up the deluxe edition i try to stay away from give us 10 bucks and we'll we'll give you a bunch of cosmetics and these cosmetics unlike the previous sort of cosmetics that have been offered like i really love the re2 um throwback cosmetics you could get and those were free and it basically made your jill and um uh leon duh leon just like they did exactly (laughs) so it brings you back to the n64 and playstation days but these are i think more i mean the i'll say this uh leon's look it it gets close to like a kind of looks like a stars outfit but it, it really isn't um something different so it's it's not it's not quite what I'm looking for, but if you are interested in the deluxe edition, you can now see everything that you're purchasing um, with uh, about 10 days left to pick up a pre-order. Um, and I know I promised I said we were done with Resident Evil, but this is a last uh, minute story I threw in here. And, you know, 
I did say the game was coming out in 10 days, and and Lou, guess what? We're going to talk about Fortnite, because Fortnite is adding Leon S. Kennedy and Claire Redfield. Leon. Leon. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, Every time we talk about Fortnite on the show, it's usually a crossover of some zombie uh, IP. And every time we do this, I look at the... <laughs> so two things happen. I look at the article and I see how they've implemented, you know, Leon and Claire into the look of Fortnite. And I always say, man, they've absolutely nailed just the perfect art style to basically adapt everything and have it look like the thing it's adapting and fit really well with Fortnite. I think Epic has done a fantastic job of incorporating other IPs into their into their game Um and then immediately the second thing that happens is on Twitter, I see a bunch of clips of people making the new characters do funny dances. So, yep. And uh, that's what you do with Fortnite. It is. You funny and, dances. And that is the reason Nintendo will never license their stuff to Epic because again, wow, that's a really good looking, uh, uh, Chris Pratt's Mario in Fortnite, but now he's dancing. Like, you, you know, I think Nintendo wants you to forget that there was a Mario DDR game, um <laughs> so the last thing they need is to bring all those memories back um i i should say i've never played it but i know it exists so anyways if you do play fortnite you can now purchase leon s kennedy and claire redfield uh in fortnite and you know as much as epic and meta and all that talk about the metaverse and how you know like we're perfectly capable of this right now like for example when i purchase resident evil and i know epics did this before with their store where if you purchased a game on their store they would say hey you get the the free uh characters in fortnite they did it with star wars i think they've done it with a couple games but like they're all talk about this metaverse and how everything should be connected and it's like yeah like when i buy like this should be part of the deal you have with capcom to license these characters when i buy resident evil 4 i think that would be a perfect opportunity to say hey we're going to let you, we're going to unlock Leon for free in, in Fortnite for you. I, I want to see, I want to start seeing those connections, uh, across the board. I don't know. I don't even think the Epic game store has that, has that, uh, that deal right now. I've seen it before, but I don't think they have it. I'm trying to see. I don't even know if they have Resident Evil 4 on the, the Epic game store, to be honest. Just going to look it up. No, uh, I think they might not. I think it's Steam exclusive. Well, not exclusive, but it's uh, oh, anyways, it's trying to ask me to enter my age and I'm like, OK, um, but anyways, yeah. So if you play Fortnite, you can uh, you can purchase more Resident Evil stuff. So there you go. Uh, OK, we have official images from the Walking Dead spinoff of Daryl Dixon and Lou. I don't want to surprise you here, but a lot of these images have Daryl Dixon in them. Yeah, they, they, they're there. There's Daryl with a horse. Yep. Some zombies in a hallway. And then there's Daryl with looks like he's tied up and on the ground. Yeah, he's um so, he's been captured so, by by people, I guess, I'm assuming. Um also this article, uh the article that we have linked here that was put in our Discord is from uprocks.com. Uh, and they were pretty fascinated by how well dressed the zombies are in France. Do you agree with that, uh I would agree with that. These look like these 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 zombies look like they were ready for a night on the town. Yeah. <laughs> well, or they were when they were alive. Or they were. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. 
The other thing I've noticed is, so these we only got three images here. Um, the one image of obviously him being captured, I'm assuming after he washes up on shore mysteriously. The, the, the image with the horse and, and carriage, it seems like he's, I'm, I'm guessing he's made uh, friends with these folks and he's now working with them because, uh, like I said, he, he didn't wash up on shore. He, he most likely did not wash up on shore with a horse they, and they, a carriage. They're, they're, they're pulling a hole uh, with uh, the Zelda. Zelda game for Game Boy. Oh, uh, Link's awake. It's Daryl's Awakening. It, it's Daryl's Awakening. That's what. That's the whole vibe I'm getting here. This is Daryl's Awakening. There you go. Well, hopefully he finds the giant egg in the volcano and is able to wake up at the end of the uh, of the game slash television series. Um, one more story here, and this one comes from from you, Lou. This is uh, yep. uh, Bruce Campbell's gonna gonna go on tour. Yeah, Bruce Campbell's going to go on tour. He's doing what's called Bruce-O-Rama. He's visiting 22 cities. And there's going to be a game show, Q&A, random movie screenings, and more. Um, I was all excited. Uh, he's going to be go- be about an hour and a half from me. Ooh. And I can't go. Oh. <laughs> it's on a Sunday. So that would... that 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 that. It's a Sunday night, so Monday's a work day. Um, it's also the same week as my birthday, and I'm gonna have a whole bunch of family down visiting. So that's not gonna happen for me. Oh, that's too bad. That would have been perfect. Now, do you know what movie you would have been seeing with him, or no, is that they did? You do out? not. You do not know until the day of. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, and and, yeah. I, and I'm guessing that has to do with licensing rights. They probably have to work with licensing rights for whatever movie he wants to show for a screening yeah that makes sense well that's too bad hopefully uh hopefully the tour goes well and maybe if he does the second year you'll be able to jump on that uh but uh let's move into our topic we we teased it at the top of the show we're we're talking about a movie this week and um it is called living dead at manchester morgue I should also state, aka Let Sleeping Corpses Lie, although I was able to find it as Living Dead at Manchester Morgue on uh, Apple TV through uh, the Shutter service. That's where I watched it. That uh, is where I watched it as well. Very good. Uh, so so I will say this. This is my first time seeing this film. Um, I know. Shocker. I've seen most, most of this stuff. And believe it or not, after having watched it and looking at the cover box... Um, I have a copy of this on DVD somewhere and I've never watched. <laughs> That's fine. Um, when you are known as the busy zombie Lord, it is not uncommon for family members to not know what to get you for your birthday, Christmas or whatever holiday they want to get you something. And when they do, sometimes they just give me piles of DVDs and Blu-rays of movies. I've, they, they, they go, Oh, this was zombie related. I saw it and thought of you. And somebody gave me a box set at one point. And it was like eight zombie movies. And the cover of this movie did not make me want to watch it. And every time I kept looking it up, I kept finding out. It kept 
pointing me to another title of another movie. And so I was always like, I don't know. This seems weird. I I don't really. And, 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 and I think listeners of the show know I'm not a huge fan of Italian zombie movies. They're very, there's a 50-50 shot whether or not I'm going to like them. And so being as the cover of this was weird and I didn't understand what it was about, I went, eh. And then it showed up on Shutter, and I read an article about the name change. And so that was why we're covering this. And I thought that this was an interesting thing for us to talk about. Yes. Yeah. So the synopsis is basically this from IMDb. Uh, a cop chases uh, two hippies suspected of a series of Manson family-like murders. Unbeknownst to him, the real culprits are the living dead brought to life with a hunger for human flesh by ultrasonic radiation being used for pest control. Um, so Lou, we often talk about zombie films having sort of a, a message. And I think this one that they tried to put forward was uh, uh, sort of an environmental message of like, you know, maybe don't use a, a device that uses rate ultrasonic radiation to kill all pests in a five mile radius. This, this is definitely from the seventies in that era where people were afraid of nuclear power and atomic yeah. stuff. And that definitely creeps over into this movie a little bit. Um, I have to say, I definitely thought the film was very interesting. Um, right down, <laughs> right down to the, the premise of our, how our two heroes meet. Um, the, it, literally, she backs into his motorcycle, and it's got to go into the shop repair. And then he tells her, "Move over! I'll drive your car because you can't. You clearly can't drive. You're a woman." <laughs> yeah, it's it's a product like, of its time for sure. I was like, "Wow, we are in the '70s." Yeah, yeah, and uh, there's a lot of that throughout the film, and it it pops up a lot. And like the thing about the main character, and the thing about the '70s feel in general is that. This main character does not want to be here, clearly. Uh, no one really does. Really, uh, honestly, I got the sense that nobody in this film—not um, necessarily the actors, but the characters—wanted nothing to do with what was going on. Everyone was upset that they had to be there. <laughs> the characters, mind you, the movie—I I did enjoy the movie. Um, we don't watch a lot of like, and I was saying this to Lou, like we, we a we don't watch a lot of older uh, zombie movies, and b, um we've been watching a lot of newer stuff lately. And I thought, well, let's go back a bit, 50 years to be exact. And we'll talk about living dead at Manchester morgue. And there's something about the seventies. And I, we were talking about this as I was watching it in that eighties horror can be creepy, but it's like silly, creepy, funny, even, and, and kind of like, you know, cuts the edge off a bit, but seventies, seventies horror is just creepy. Like I felt the whole film was like they did a really good job at just kind of being unsettling. And I think it comes yeah. down to the score, which either it's either not used or used very strategically and the framing of the shots whenever they had um, the zombies on screen. You know, it just whether it was by accident or on purpose, it just it felt creepy to me. And I think there's that difference between just a decade of difference between the seventies and eighties. And you could feel it right away is like the seventies are just scarier uh, when it comes to zombie films, to be honest, in, in my opinion. Yeah. The, there's definitely a different vibe. Eighties uh, had a tendency to put humor. There's not a lot of humor in this movie at all. Um, there's a few gags, but 
there's also a lot going on in this movie. It's more than a zombie movie. Um, you know, the, the 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 main female lead is coming to take her sister with the help of her sister's husband to uh like a rehab facility because she's hooked on heroin. So there's there's a there's, there's a drug reference to 70s drugs. Um they get lost on their way to the woods to find it. And that's where they see the machine with the radiation because he's asking for directions. And there's just like there's a lot going on. And it, I, 90 minutes, they tell a lot of plot 90 minutes in this movie. Um, and the main character, uh, the main male lead, he's there because he's trying to sell uh, like. Uh, 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 what is it? He's trying to sell artifacts that have been not smuggled, but they're foreign ob foreign artifacts that he's obtained. It's not necessarily illegal, but it's questionable the authenticity of them. And he's trying to sell them to a guy and a, it, it, it like it, he's on a sketchy sh thing. She's doing something kind of sketchy, but they're not bad people. And then. The cop doesn't take anything anybody says seriously. Even when like five people are telling him that they're zombies, he's like, nah. <laughs> uh, it, at every turn, the cop just kind of like turns a blind eye to everything. Yeah. It's like a typical 70s era cop, like who just, again, doesn't want to be there, doesn't believe anybody. And right up until the very, very, very end of the film, is he like. It was never zombies and never will be. He even has a line, which I think uh, is is featured in IMDb, like a lot of people uh, were referencing it. Um, I wish you could come back to life. I wish you actually could come back to life so I could kill you again. And then, oh, what a twist. <laughs> <laughs> he does come back at the end and kills him. Uh, but and, not and, the the, zombies, yeah. and the zombies in this are interesting because they're, they're not just mindless zombies. It's like they retain some of their their memories. They're just drones, but they kind of remember. They remind me more of um, Land of the Dead zombies, where they kind of remember sort of bits and pieces of their life. Or they can, they know that they shouldn't be seen, so they disappear. And you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. They, they're, they're more than just mindless walking creeps. They're trying to figure out ways to get at people. They can do basic stuff. It, it It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And the way they, so essentially the idea is like this ultrasonic machine. Yep. They're testing it out because they're trying to kill ants. Right. And what it does is it will reactivate like basic motor skills of like primitive. Um, life forms. Yeah. Primitive life forms or primitive um, cognitive systems is how they kind of try to explain it. And the idea there is like the dead or recently dead have a very limited, uh, again, in the film, they say have a limited like cognitive brain function still left, even though the, the whole body is, is dead. And that's how they come back to life. But where it kind of gets a little like they needed a way for the zombies to spread. And I and I guess like the way they do it is they they use their blood and then they put it on a dead thing and then they come back to life. It was, that was kind of a hand wavy thing of like, we need a way for the zombies to spread when the machine isn't active or isn't affecting because they could bring back any dead. It was really weird. And again, hand wavy you had to kind of like, not and they, worry they, about they it. blamed it on the radiation. 
Yeah, although like, and, yeah, <laughs> it was a bit. And I was fishy. like, I was like, okay, all right, okay, yeah. And my in my favorite scene in the movie is when the guy finally realizes what the machine is the cause of it, and he shows up there. And those three dudes could have totally broke that guy in half and took him up, taken him out. And he's like, no, and he's attacking them. And I was like, these guys are huge compared to him. He's a skinny, scrawny dude. Why aren't they trying to take him out? And they run away, and they get in a car, and they drive off. And I'm like, wow, what a bunch of pansy. Yeah. Well, and like I think at the end of the film, he's like trying to destroy it, and he even makes reference to the machine like at the very beginning before the zombies even show up. Of like, do you really think this is a good idea? Like pumping, you know, ultrasonic radiation into the ground. Oh, it's perfectly safe. We've tested it, and you know, sure enough, you know, like that's what's gonna make the zombies uh, come back to life. And and he and he has a conversation with them, and they're like, and he's like, so what's the radius on this thing? And they're like, oh, like two miles or something like that. And then later on, when he comes to break the machine, he says to them something about, like, what's what's the range on this thing? And they're like, we've upped it to 20 miles. And he's like, what? The <laughs> yeah. look on his face when, he, when they tell him that is like, you people are idiots. Yeah. It's just odd. It's it's it, it like, again, like it, it fits the 70s and, and genre, though. It does. And I want to tell you that she's more than just the damsel in distress and she does do some stuff but she's more or less somebody that constantly needs to be rescued or she just barely rescues herself yeah yeah and um i mean the film like obviously progresses in a way where it's like slowly uh again in typical 70s genre as well for horror is like it doesn't end well for anyone it's it, it, it's it's 90 minutes but i would say it doesn't pick up until about 45 or 50 minutes in and that's when like the zombie stuff starts to roll like it takes a while to get there but once it gets there it moves fast yeah yeah and i mean like i said it was a it was a nice return to obviously we talk about horror films all the time but like i think the last film we talked about was like which was like pre-2000s was um uh it was the guy it had the old guy from charlie charlie's chocolate factory or whatever like what was that movie called yep. uh uh uh, uh dead some blanking on it it was uh, we just talked about it, it i know it wasn't too long ago. ago wasn't too long ago i, I mean it's so, it's probably not too long ago that i could probably just go to the website and look on the on the first section of uh of episodes uh in in the listing and see what pops up but i know i know it was like oh, oh here it is dead and buried that's the one see i knew it was recent <laughs> I kept wanting to say Dead and Breakfast, but that's a different movie. And, <laughs> is it? I, and I know I've already I've subjected you to that already, but that was years ago. Dead and Breakfast, really? Yeah. Never heard of it. I feel like that I've was the one that was that was the that was the one that was partially a musical. Yeah, <laughs> it's not ringing any bells for some reason, but it, it's David Carradine in it. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's starting to ring. I'm pretty more of a bell. Uh, it, it, it has David Carradine in it, and it has um. Uh, 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 Diedrich Bader from uh, 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 the Drew Carey show, and uh-huh. uh, it's got it's got a bunch of people in it that you'll be like, oh wow, I recognize that person. Oh wow, I recognize that person. Oh wow, I recognize that person. Are you sure we watched it? It was we. I was living in the apartment that when we first started recording this show, so this this was almost like this had to have been like nine years. Oh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's in it too. Interesting. 
I'll take your word for it. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, he is in it, and he uh, and, and he's he's like the town sheriff or something. And I didn't know who he was then either. Yeah. Huh. Anyways, uh, well, you know, I'll I'll believe you, but yeah, this film, um, so Living Dead at Manchester Morgue, like I said, it has that like very typical seventies ending where it's like, um, you don't get the sense that it's all resolved. Like they continue to use the machine, the zombies, uh, continue to return and they, the, the cop gets killed at the end after he retires to the, to the hotel in town to, to take a rest. The, the, the other, the other thing with this movie that is very hand wavy, but I liked it was she runs into the first zombie down by the river while she's waiting for him to go ask somebody for directions to get where the where her sister is. And then they drive for like hours or what looks like hours in the car. Like they are totally like on the other side of this mountain or whatever. And then magically the zombie beat them there and kills somebody. <laughs> yeah, it's the same zombie, right? <laughs> it's the same zombie. And I was like, wait. How did he get this? <laughs> it took them out of my car. Huh. You know what? Again, I didn't even think it, about that. Again, 70s movie. I wasn't expecting a whole lot, but I had a really good time watching this. This was definitely better than I was expecting. Though, being a 70s movie, I also said, it's, I got five minutes into this thing. I said, oh, I already know how this is going to end. These two are going to be dead. <laughs> this will be old. That's how it ended. Well, yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot, lot of, like, portals that zombies are using i guess in this one but um yeah i mean if you're looking for you know an older zombie film uh living dead at manchester morgue is is on shutter and it sounded like we both we both enjoyed it it was nice to go back in time a little bit um and and watch an older film and i'm i'm sure we'll have another chance uh later on in the spring to watch more you, you, films. you, you call you call it an older film sir i watch films of this era all the time <laughs> Yeah, I don't like I don't often, I'll be honest. I think for Zamp is is really like it's where I watch my my older films. Um I'm happy to do it. I mean, we live in a time where you just have to basically punch the title of the film into whatever entertainment system you use whether it's Apple TV or um even just google to find out where to where to watch it and there's so many streaming services and honestly you can probably just rely on shutter and like nine times out of ten it's going to be on there um especially if it's an older film the thing i run into then this recommendation for people that don't that that don't have an apple tv i use a roku roku has a generalized search function on the main menu and if you push it and then just type in the name of whatever it is you're looking for Roku will scrub everything on their database and then tell you what streaming services have it and whether or not you can buy it or it's already free streaming on their service. Or if you have the service, it'll take you right there and let you watch. Oh, neat. Yeah. It's a very, uh, the Violet's always looking for something that's weird or some cartoon gets pulled from one service. And she's like, but I want to watch it again, daddy. And I'm like, it's not on HBO anymore. What do I do? (laughs) <laughs> and lo and behold, that search function, I go, oh, it's over on this weird, obscure one over here with commercials. All right, I guess we're going to go over here and I'm going to download this for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and again, like I said, we've uh, it's come a long way where um, you can kind of search in a few spots and, and a little pop up on some service. And um, it's very rare. I've only had one in our last five years of 
sort of being in the more recent um, streaming era, uh, there was only one film that we struggled to find, and it was that uh, I think it was um, was it Gone Home or something? It was yeah. It was, a, it was an Extra Life film that was uh, suggested to us, but we couldn't find it. Yeah, we had to we had to apologize because there was absolutely no way for us to. I tried everything to we try did. and find to to find an easy way for us to be able to watch it. And it, the, the the only way we were going to be able to watch it was to like schedule a time and have somebody overseas stream it for us to us. And I was like, this is too hard. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, uh, it's we're always taking recommendations. If you have some suggestions, you can certainly send them to us uh, email or discord. But uh, for the next month, we've kind of got our slate filled with uh, the end of The Last of Us on HBO. I know it did wrap up just this past Sunday. Um, You know, we're going to let it sit for a bit, but we are going to talk about the entirety of the season. We've both wrapped it up and uh, as well as HBO has wrapped it up. We'll talk about that on our next episode and uh, we'll offer some, you know, first impressions of resident evil 4 uh, which will be out by then but uh, we will have an episode devoted to resident evil 4 um in april so look forward to that and uh yeah, of course more zombie movie discussions as well in the near future so don't fret we'll get back to uh, the movies as well and uh lou that is going to do it for this episode of zamp um for folks who want to join in on the conversation, you can go to our Discord at bit.ly slash Discord. I want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash zombiesatemypodcast. If you want to support the show directly, that's the best spot to do it. Every dollar that you pledge there goes right back into the show, whether it's for hosting or uh, content. Uh, it helps us out quite a bit, so we appreciate all our patrons. Uh, speaking of hosting, you can go to our website, zombiesatemypodcast.com, where you'll find um, past episodes, including the one where we discussed Dead and Buried, and possibly, according to Lou, Dead and Breakfast. I believe him. He's got a better memory than than I do when it comes to zombie films. So if he says we watched it, we watched it. We watched it, but I'm not joking. It was a long time ago, like back when the show first began. Okay. Uh, well, let's see how good I was at uh, at tagging stuff back in the uh, back at the beginning of this year's show. And oh well, look at that. So, <laughs> Dead and Breakfast uh, pulls up episode sixty three on June fifth, twenty fourteen. Uh, our movie this week is a musical zombie film, Dead and Breakfast. It has a special appearance of the late great David Carradine and Diedrich Bader as the weird French cook. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie has a bit of everything. Blood zombies, hillbillies, gun-toting librarians, and a... Uh, I don't know what that is, but um, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like we, we enjoyed that that uh, that film, but um, that's a while ago. That's that's almost 10 years ago. So you're right, Lou, that's, that's about nine years ago. So episode 63, if you want to learn what we thought about Dead and Breakfast. So, uh, yeah, you can also follow us on Twitter at Zombies Podcast, like us on Facebook. And while you're on Twitter, you can find me at R. Murphy and Lou at Busy Zombie Lord. And don't forget to check out Joel Duggan's work at joelduggan.com. He's responsible for the Zamp artwork that you see on our website and your podcatcher. And uh, that is going to do it for Zombies Ate My Podcast this week. Lou, why don't you leave us with some fine Busy Zombie Lord knowledge? Remember, when their lips are moving, but the words don't match. 
means they're done. Yes. Yeah.